Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along Camaro Dave Commander Chris coming to you from the world famous Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland. We're going to find out what's going on in the world of the cattle and meat business today with our good friend, Will Homer. But first, we always have to say we'd like to thank Painted Hills Natural Beef. Go figure. Uh, The way beef, the way nature intended. You can check them out online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com and also Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Yeah, if you want really good quality knives for your kitchen, check out Gunter Wilhelm. They're really good. Hey, buddy, what you Hi. been doing? Oh, just uh, summering it up, I guess. Are you? Yeah. So here's the big question, and you know this is coming. Uh, uh, uh. Is there a cattle shortage? No, there's not cattle shortage. Okay. I don't believe there's cattle shortage. There's actually an abundant supply of fed cattle ready for harvest. And there's a shrinking supply of what will be the future cattle. So as we've talked before, the cattlemen are in a kind of a pinch. The market's been a little behind. And so um, we are, uh, they're not getting the most money in the world for stuff, you right. know. And so what happens on the ranch when they're not getting enough money or not getting the most money? They sell other things. They sell cows that getting some age on them and they sell different things. So anyway, the herd, the cattle herd as a general is, is shrinking. And the, uh, but the supply, the current supply is fine. There's abundance. There's plenty. But that'll cycle back like come next spring when the you know your calf crop comes around and stuff like that they won't you're not going to be looking at you know three head of steers to feed the state of california no it won't be that way but they they do defend themselves the cattlemen defend themselves by uh changing the overall cattle numbers as a group you know it's not a group decision they don't all get in there together and make that decision but they do um, you know, it's been tough. The prices aren't as good as they'd like it to be. They'd like it to be better. They'd like to be more successful. And so, um, yeah, but, that's how it works. But that's the age old battle, isn't it? In your world, because you go to the grocery store now and, you know, people are looking at something and what used to be, let's just say $9 a pound a year or so ago is now eleven ninety five a pound. But the cattle, the cattlemen aren't making that money. Well, that's uh, two two things, Jeff. I guess when you first started that, I wanted to make sure that you understand that cattle are cattlemen are in a commodity, right? And that's the life of a commodity, right? right. Whether it's corn or wheat or whatever it is, it goes up and it goes down, and everybody has the same thing. And so, but when we go to the grocery store, we've developed uh, more value and more more interest in the grocery store over time, you know, and, and different styles and labels of beef bring different amounts of money. But as the generic flow goes right now, we are dealing with a a surprising amount of demand, demand likes never been seen before. 
And so I just, I was listening to junk on my way down here because I got, what, three hours to listen to junk on the way down. And I was listening to the RFD news this morning. And they said the box beef price as a whole, they put it back together uh, and they create a value out of it so that they can measure it. It doesn't, I got, I got disagreements with it as a whole, but they, um, Anyway, it's $3.24 a pound as a as a as a average or something. as an average, yeah. right? The highest it's ever been other than last year's little spike when COVID hit and it created madness. The highest it's ever been it was like 250. So it's a dollar. No, it was a dollar yeah, anyhow, it was well over a dollar higher than it's ever been before. Sure. And that's demand. That's demand. That's just the consumer demand. That's, you know, restaurants, they say restaurants reopening, but I know a lot of restaurants we've worked with have just kind of figured out how to chug through. Right. It's just more people in the grocery store and more people, more activity. Well, I think what happened last year with COVID overall, not just for commodities, but I think it's going to change the demand cycle for all retail, but especially on the grocery side, if you will, because they found out now that you can, you can work from home. You can be productive. You don't have to go into the office. And of course, last year you didn't want to go in because everybody, you know, the COVID deal and all that. Okay. I understand that. But what I don't see is in mass people flocking back to the office buildings. They're changing their schedules. Like I'm going to work from home for three days a week or, or whatever it is. There, there are variants in there now but they're more home centric than they are office or, um, you know, if you're a construction guy, that doesn't really apply because they're not going to let you work from home unless you're the architect or something, (laughs) but you know, you know what I mean? Physical labor, the physical labor, but the other guys, uh, you know, lawyers, accountants, insurance people, whatever, a lot of them are now adjusting their schedules to work more from home, video conferencing and stuff. It's, it's effective. Um, and I think there's going to be some changes. That being said, I think that's going to be more, you know, people are more engaged now because when they were going to the office from eight to five or eight to eight or whatever they did, their, their decisions on food, food consumption, what they were going to buy, what they were going to cook, what they were going to grill, whatever it is, they were somewhat different than they are now because they're, they're more involved now in those daily decisions. Um, that's what I'm seeing studies saying. I, I don't know if you've read the same ones, but they are showing that, yeah, you know, that guy who's supposed to be working from home, uh, now from eight to five, it, he's actually from eight to three. Yeah. A lot of times he's getting yeah. all his work done, but now he's out on the deck. Yeah. Looking, firing up the barbecue at four o'clock thinking I'm going to have dinner ready at five 30. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not a skill and it's not a time limit work environment at right. home and it's right. not a skill. It's a mental capacity and a mental horsepower kind of job from right. home. And there's lots of those. So that's really good. Really great. I don't know if you're talking to a radio guy about mental capacity. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's appropriate, but um, yeah, it, it's, I just think we're seeing some, some changes, you know, and of course you've got the naysayers that are predicting that this is going to be the doom of brick and mortar things and all that, that that's not going to happen. Trust me, that's not going to happen. Oh my goodness. You know, but you've got that. And now of course you've got some of the bigger retail chains 
experimenting with um, drones to deliver food and but you know if you look at it when i was a kid growing up in east clackamas county um i guess more central clackamas county whatever but they had guys that were delivering groceries back then especially to elderly people yeah so this isn't a new concept it's just the way the functionality of it is, is is headed grocery store is just like a ranch i figured this out a while back while i was pondering something maybe i was riding a lawnmower i don't know but the grocery store is just like the ranch so when they're profitable and they've got a good idea and they've and they've made something good and all of a sudden they've got returns then they spend them on additional things to keep the customers coming right, so right. they got more bag boys at the end well i guess we can't get rid of bags now but they got more people in the store to help you they got the they got the cha- the the cheese steward they got and yeah. you used to provide the delivery home delivery well right. then things get tough in the grocery business and it tightens down and the neighborhood discount guy gets a you know gets the business because we're willing to walk in and then they get in a position where they can make a little more money they'll come back to supplying that and th- th- that's just like a cowboy owning cows they're yep. both the same entity right they're gonna just they're gonna provide what they can afford to provide if they have extra they're gonna provide more and try and set themselves apart that way do you think walmart has a drone um big enough and strong enough to fly from like bend over to fossil ah. deliver i i yeah i just went to monday i went to uh, walmart <laughs> and i don't go into the store anymore i just back up and give them my number and they bring out two of those carts stacked as high as you can i don't yeah. think the drone's big enough or there'd be a huey version you know yeah yeah yeah, 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 one of those dual agree. choppers. Yeah, it would. Dual. We'd, we'd know they were coming. Honey, here comes the Walmart. <laughs> just drop it from about yeah. four feet in the, <laughs> from the front yard, you know. I, you know what, though? The good thing would be I could buy ice cream that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does it melt coming from Ben? Oh, oh, yeah. You got to, you know, most ice creams melted in the store, in my consideration. But it it does, uh, yeah. You can't get ice. Well, cream you just take a cooler with you and throw some dry ice. Nah, in. we just buy it. At the, if we're gonna have ice cream, we buy it at the st- local store. Our local the, store yeah. has the necessities: milk and lettuce and ice cream and painted yeah. hills beef and painted hills. <laughs> and it's got a pretty good supply of beer, if I remember. Yes, right. that, I, that's exactly. I haven't right. been over there in a few years, yes. but it's it's got a pretty good supply of beer. Yep. What did the retailers call and talk to you about? I mean. <clears throat> do they still always look what's lowest on the hot sheet, so to speak? If you don't know what that means, uh, people that sell commodity products to retailers, they have a special every week. They've got a sheet full of specials. It yeah. might be, depending on who it is, it might mm-hmm. be Jello, it might be coffee, it might be beef, you know, it might be pork, whatever. Are they Are they doing that or is the demand so good now that they just... Just oh no, that call structure, you ship it. That structure is always in place. Yeah, and that's just part. And every store group does a different, has a different practice. Some I have ads written out through August now with one group, and I have others that do it last minute. I, it's it's all over the board. It, you kind of get your best choice if you're out front. Right. I'll be honest with you. Put the hit the cough button, and I'll say the ones out front probably get the worst deal because the ones up <laughs> short are getting the product that's building up in the cooler. So you know, it's it's all of the all of that and all the above because we. We create out of uh, 500 head of cattle a week. That's one tenth of 1% of what the industry does, which is minuscule. And yet we have to touch, we have to sell 200,000 pounds of beef a week. And we don't sell all the beef all in the same week, but it's all over the place. So yeah, 
It's crazy. That's a lot of beef to sell. It is. And we're a little bitty, dude. Yeah. yeah. Do do some stores have automatic orders, baseline orders? About 15 different warehouses once a week that are taking orders. And then out of those, there's three warehouses that have just an inventory where we are calling 150 or 200 stores two to three times a week. Uh, it might be. Hold that thought. Yeah. We're going to take a break. Yeah, you be- could tell it was coming, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We're going to be back here on Barbecue Nation with Will Homer, COO, CEO, and general janitor over at Painted Hills Natural Beef right after this. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, and we'd like to thank the folks at the Sun BGI for carrying us across the nation. Uh, we've got Will Homer with us today, the uh, boss hog over there at uh, Painted Hills Natural Beef. Uh, it's great beef, by the way. And uh, real quickly, if you want to contact us, you can just go to Barbecue Nation. That's bbqnationjt.com, and there's an icon there, and you can send us an email. Or you can just do the other one, which is info at thecowboycook.com. And we're on Facebook and Twitter. And by the end of next week, we'll be on close to 30 different platforms. Wow. 30. Platforms like these the podcasts or are you talking yeah. about radio stations? No, not the radio. We're, we're on plenty of radio stations. I didn't know fact, there was that many platforms. Yeah, there is. Holy cow. Um. Anyway, yeah, we've got plenty of radio stations across the country. Just signed a couple more up in in uh, montana and wyoming and um on the east coast so nice we're doing good there but uh, the podcast thing is crazy wow so anyway you were saying you remember what you were talking about <laughs> yeah we were talking about who we who we who we work with so we work yeah. with distributors we have right. warehouses where we warehouse product we call grocery stores there's about oh it's 130 to 150 i can't remember the last number but anyhow we call directly and those stores might take an order on a weekly basis, twice a week, three times a week. And those guys order today for tomorrow. They want it, they want to order it as late as they can today and get it tomorrow. Because, and and my crew looks at them. Oh my gosh, can't they do? You know. But at, in reality, I know that they have that person you were just talking about on their deck. Just runs down to the store and says, "Man, we're having flanks tonight for dinner. Let's go see." Yeah. You know. And the store says, "No, but I can get them tomorrow." And usually yep. that doesn't happen. But that that's the kind of that's the kind of world we work in there so yeah and if there's you know i have a friend who's a meat cutter Mm -hmm. and he works for one of the chains around here and sometimes i'll stop by and say hi to him and he'll say man we did really good today you know we had an eight thousand dollar day or whatever yeah which would be a really good day just in a meat department you know and then he'll go but he's got a clipboard in his hand and he's calling the warehouse or maybe calling you guys yeah. or whoever to try to get, you know, more skirt, more flank, fill it up in the, on the morning load, for fill tomorrow. it up on the morning load and get it in there before 10 so they can have it out for the afternoon rush, the dinner rush. Yeah. So that's the way it works. That's the way it works. And it, I'm Hand sure that mouth. makes it tough. Yeah. And to mouth. It's, it's tough. It's tough to have all the right items. You know, we, we turn a, a steer into 29 different pieces and they fill boxes differently. 
So uh, one steer fills a whole box of chuckles and 40 steers fill a whole box of outside skirts. So it, it just, it's yeah. just hard to cover them all that way when they do that. Well, and then you've got your, you know, your prime cuts that you want, you know, <clears throat> the strips, um, tenderloins, what have you. Yeah. And so with tenderloins, what's it take? Actually, Three because there's so much value. It, they only put six of those in a box, so that's three head of cattle. Yeah. And it's, uh, gee whiz, I'm a terrible math. 36-pound box instead of a typical OSHA-approved 80-pounder, right? right? So right. so because of the value, that's how it runs. It's a it's a weird market we're in right now. Tenderloins are hard to come by, and they're $17, 18 $20 a pound. Right. And, and we're talking my wholesale value. So a grocer's going to give them to you. It's going to sell them to you at 35 to $45 a pound because of the trim and the such, sure. but, but it's a, it's a crazy market, but it's crazy to be past mother's day. Like we are and tenderloins still be out. That's, that's crazy. Let alone, um, ribs. Oh yeah. Don't bring ribeyes up because ribeyes <laughs> are a, an unbelievable item right now. They've been, they've been popular. My goodness for the entire year. And, you know, I expected them to fall off January, February. They did not. They have not now. I'm still behind. I'm behind in my pricing. I'm behind in my, but we're talking about, I'm, I have to sell them at 14, $15 a pound that the retailer's going to take them. They need, they need to turn them into a 25, 30, $40 a pound item. And they, and they're, they're behind. And so as again, as we talk about commodity, um, they kind of fall behind in pricing. There's a weird structure in this thing where they fall behind in pricing until they look at their bottom line and then suddenly they go, oh my God, what are we going to do different? And uh, that's where, uh, you know, it just it just shocks the system. Yeah. It's going to shock the system. You think it'll level out eventually? Uh, what'll happen is it'll be just like fuel and the prices that stick will stick. The ribeyes will stay high because everybody wants them. Everybody loves them. Everybody wants them. They really are worth more than a tenderloin. But the some of the other stuff, then all of a sudden I'll have bargains. Remember that bargain bin you were yeah, talking about? Yeah. The bargain bin will get bigger and it'll get bigger and it'll get bigger. And then the retailer will push back on, all of a sudden they'll be presenting you with clawed heart steaks and ground chuck and things like that. Right. So um, that's that's how that will push back. Yeah. But I did want to, I had a thought here while we uh -oh. went on a break for a uh -oh. second. Can I, uh -oh. Do I have enough time? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to make sure everybody knows, you know, the online sales of beef are, are difficult and they're kind of, they're running out of fashion now because everybody can go back to their store and they'll have to wear their mask and stuff. But but online sales sell beef in delay of the real market. So you won't see those prices change on your online purchases. You keep your eye open. That might be the place where you score some things in the future. Sure. Because that product's already frozen, put away, and delayed, and you can get it. You know, it might be that your your ribeye tonight's forty five dollars, but you go online and you go, wait a minute, how come I can get it online cheaper? Well, it's delayed. It's time delayed. So yeah. You don't hear anybody talking right now, and you really haven't for the last two years as far as, oh, grocery stores are hurting. Or that, that's not in the lexicon right now. Right. You know. That's because um, their gross number is so big because right. of the, you know, I mean, I, I got guys that they, they really... Uh, <laughs> They really measure themselves a lot like all industries. They measure themselves compared to last year. 
Well, they knew that last year was a phenomenon when the restaurants closed. Everybody went to town, went to the grocery store. Number went off the chart. They came around to this year and they said, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Because the numbers last year to compare to were, were phenomenal. How do we touch them? They're okay. It's okay. This year is okay compared to last year's phenomenon. Right. So so they're, it's okay. They're okay. It's just a matter of now keeping their costs down. And I did have, I told somebody, my, uh, my broker, brokerage guy the other day, I said, he says, you know, he's always asked me about the box beef prices, the boxes moving, the box beef prices. And I said, well, you know what last week was? And he said, what? I said, last week was phone call week. I finally got calls from customers going, what's up with this price? Now, price has been going up for three months on my world. Right. But they're just now looking at their bottom line at the end of the month going, we're not making as much money. How come, what's going on? And now looking at the cost of that product that's coming in the door and, so now if your store hasn't seen giant increases in the price of beef, right. you're going to. We're going to take another break. We're going to be back here uh, with Will Homer right after this. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Hey, welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Barbecue Nation here on the Barbecue Nation radio network. I guess you could say it that way. Uh, also, our affiliates through uh, Sun BGI out there. I'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, one of them who is sitting directly to my um, beef that you can be proud to serve your family and friends, and it's beef the way nature intended. It's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Also, Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Check out their quality. Um, if you're looking, that's actually a good Father's Day present. Um, if you can make a decision and get him you can just get him one get him a chef's knife or an eight inch you know utility knife or something like that try them out that's gunterwilhelm.com so we're talking with will homer the coo of painted hills natural beef how did how did the people in the more rural areas like where you live deal with the covid problem versus the way we did over here in the people's Republic. <laughs> well, I could, I could be silly and say, we all thought you was crazy, but we, we did. Okay. We did, you know, those, we just kind of leave each other alone. We know who each other is, but we did uh, the grocery store locked down pretty hard because we are a destination resort, so to speak, the whole County, the whole, our whole part of the world. As a matter of fact, right now, you can't even get your boat in the John Day River because, uh, and you can't park there when you get there because the people have got to be bumper to bumper on that thing. Sure. So, so I think I, I went over this. I don't know. I was talking to some customers of mine in Seattle recently, but uh, I, I might have gone over it here on the radio once before. But when COVID struck, you know, it was the spring, it was the wash, state of Washington spring break. All those people left spring break, and you know where they go? You know where Washington people go to, to vacation? Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. So half of those license plates at those John Day River jump offs are Washington plates right now. So anyhow, then followed by the Washington uh, spring break comes the Oregon spring break. So we had everybody from Oregon. What it feels like when you're in a town of 300, it feels like everybody, everybody from Oregon passed through. So the, so the store got real good at locking down and that be our connection point. And, 
everybody that first they had tracks on the floor all three aisles oh, and yeah. they had, everybody's got masks and they probably still wearing a mask there but but as far as outside of that you know we've just we've just gone along fine now i i you know we, we're just we're just getting along so um i don't know other than that there's no no panic or chaos there there was in my office there was originally you know we we thought we had it made we got a, a quiet group of ladies to work there with when me and my wife and, and all of us and everything was going good. And we went about two weeks until that TV finally convinced one of the young ladies there that, nope, she wasn't coming back. And at that point we blew up and we learned how to work from home and everybody kind of worked wherever I went to work every day. Cause that was just, that was where I could hide. Right. Yeah. And so well, when nobody's there. And, and so then it slowly morphed back as things, you know, finally you realized that one and that three out of a hundred people you knew weren't going to die. You know, you, you kind of kind of came back and came around. So I don't know. And, and now we're at the, the vaccines came early. Our, our county court system and our judge was high on that and hopped up on that. And they, they were ahead of everybody and everybody got their shot around. And, and, um, and so we're all, we all look at everybody else and go, well, hell we're vaccinated. Leave us alone. You know? So, uh, yeah, there it is. I don't know. It, it was nice. I went to Hermiston this week and Hermiston was pretty laid back. You know, that was pretty nice. I have not been to the Tri-Cities yet. I went to Seattle a couple of weeks ago, and I did not go to Seattle. I, You know how you can go up there. I can go up there, and I can see a lot of customers, and I cannot get within. Well, I I actually could see the football stadium from the south end, but and I the turned space right field. around and went right back. Yeah, and the space I, field. I was as far north as I got. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, I get that. No, it's just so much different because, you know, when this, you and I talk all the time, but when I was, last year I was thinking about this, and it was like, what is there? Six thousand people in Wheeler County. Fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred in Wheeler County. Fourteen hundred and fifteen hundred square acres or square miles. Fifteen hundred square miles and fourteen hundred people. Three towns. Mine's the biggest. Mine's the county seat. Three hundred and seventy-five, eighty people, something like that. <laughs> My family's ten percent, right? Or 20, yeah. no, not ten percent, but one percent. All four of us or six, six yeah. of us. Well, if you do, if you do your extended family with your mom and dad and your brother and uh, that's and what I'm at. Yeah, yeah, there we you, are. You know, yeah. all that. Yep. You're you're kind of the yep. the large genetic pool there. Yep. In in fossil. Yeah. If you've never been to fossil, folks, if you come to Oregon, if you're listening to this show and you come to Oregon on a vacation, I do recommend that you go up I eighty four, go down ninety seven. You have to go to Condon and all that stuff and you can follow it. It tells you how to get there, but go to fossil because it's got a lot of fun things actually. There. Yeah. You can go up to the high school and actually pick up fossils. Yep. You can dig fossils. It's pretty hit out. It's a, it's a gem, you know, fossils on the end of the John Day fossil beds, which is a whole strung out display of, of some of the things they found back when the army was looking for gold. They found all these dinosaur bones and all this stuff and about, Oh, I think it's 60 miles from us is the headquarters and they have real, they have real exhibits and a facility yeah. and it's nice. It's a, it's a good deal. And then over from that, well, part of actually that's in there, but the John Day river is truly the grand Canyon of Oregon. Right. It truly is beautiful. You get to drive down the middle of most of it, but it has beautiful formations and sites and, and all of that that's stuff. Great and, fishing and, and rafting and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And there's lots of water sports and activities there it's a lot of fun but it's come beautiful. before august or you have to carry your boat down the river yeah there won't be any water left there won't be any water but november it restocks yeah it <laughs> better yeah you guys are a little short on rain oh my goodness it's bad yeah it's terrible terrible bad it's bad dad so dad came in that day you know last year we were had a bad year last year he says uh 
He says, well, I think we, last year was 50% of normal, and this year we'll be lucky if we get 50% of last year. So that's so you're at 25%, 25%, yeah. Right. And and he, he, Lee had a field, the, the worst field we had last year, again, the worst field we had this year. He went out and cut it with his wind rower, made wind rows, let it dry. He went out with the roll, round baler to roll it up, and it was already dead in the plant before they before they cut it so the the fibers are just they just pump they just turned into pumice the the bales wouldn't actually form so he can scoop the hay up and kind of get it to the barn or what but even the hay he's making is not even i mean it's just the cows aren't going to hardly eat it unless there's a foot of snow on the ground and god forbid there's a foot of snow because we don't have any hay yeah right (laughs) that's what i was going to ask there There goes the commodity guy we have to to buy hay here we're back in the ranch side so all of a sudden we've gone full circle we're back to the cowboy right and yeah yeah, we're where we bought some hay but the hay price is going to go through the roof because what's been in the headlines for the last month they just took all the water away from klamath falls yeah, that's hay country. That's huge hay country down there. The other thing is they took the water away from Wikiup. They they uh, Wikiup. They took the water away from the farmers in Madras, and this year I'm hearing that Madras is huge hay country, and they've only allowed them enough water to make one cutting on ground that should make four to five. That hay. Now I'm going to add this up, folks, for all of us out here in the Northwest. <laughs> that hay comes over the mountains and goes to Tillamook. And it goes to these cows. And so of all things Tillamook they, being a big dairy. Yeah, they cut your they cut your water supply off in Klamath Falls and you're gonna pay more for your cottage cheese in the store. Right. It's right. all tied together. Yeah. You can't have it all. It, it it's not destroying anything, it's not doing anything bad, but they got to stop beating on our food. Got to stop. I I think it's a vast I won't say right wing because that's probably where I hang out the most. <laughs> But it's a vast conspiracy oh, at times, you know, it it really, somewhere there's money in it. We don't understand where the money is. We'd probably be in it if we knew where the money was, Yeah. but it's some, somehow they can, they can bite under our a passion and bite in and get a hold of things that, that we touch. Of course we have to eat every day. So they get into your, they get into your mind on your food and the stuff you touch every day. And, oh my God, it just, well, it's, it's very simple. Whoever controls the water. The old man controls virtually everything. People think about that. Well, if you control the oil prices or you, you know, you control the electricity or the utilities, it's not about any of that. It's all about the water. Yeah. That's why the states and the federal government have battled for years on, um, on waterway rights, you know, class C waterways back at our old farm, Clear Creek was a class C waterway, you know, and if it was navigable, with a flat bottom boat, basically yeah. you yeah. could, you know, it was fought for fought over for jurisdiction. Yeah. Like that. When, when I was a kid, we had water rights to the creek to irrigate. Yes. Uh, my dad didn't do it for a couple of years and we oh, lost them. Yes. So then I just had to dig another well and do it that way, which made no sense. Cause it's the same water table that's yes. in the creek. Yeah. You know, yeah. but it was more expensive to do it that way. Yeah. You know, but it was pretty crazy. But if you control the water, you control a lot of things. It's like California. You yeah. know, California, not only is it going to run out of water this year because it doesn't, I mean, just didn't rain. I heard the other day they had like 2% of their snowpack or something like right. that. Oh, my God. And then they're going to cut them off too. So, you know, most of our food comes out of that valley down there. We're going to, all those things are going to get, you know, all those things are uh, melons or strawberries, the Klamath again for yeah, strawberries. corn, all that stuff comes up. Yeah. It's going to be any of any of the, uh, we're going to get hungry. I keep telling everybody we're going to get hungry and we're going to get hungry because 
people are going to fail to go to work and get stuff on the truck. But we're going to get hungry because we're not making it either. Yeah. Well, you know, years and years ago when I did another show, I know we're coming up on a break here shortly, but I wanted to say this. I used to battle the um, environmentalists and stuff about that wanted to get rid of cattle. You know, ranchers should fence off the creeks and all that stuff. I don't think any of them ever actually went out there unless somebody was out on a recon patrol and found some guy who had three steers in the creek. You know what I mean? The rest all, of the time. All of them are fenced now. Isn't yeah. It really? yeah it's you know, yeah. okay. Like that. But the one guy who was kind of an environmentalist, I can't remember his name, but he was also on the side of the rancher. I told him back in the nineties, I said, it's all going to come down to the food. He goes, Oh no, we'll never run out of food. I said, yeah, we will not run out in a panic buying thing, but we're going to run out of certain commodities because of the control of the water rights. Water. Yeah. And, and that's what you're starting to see now. Water. You're not going to run out of food, Yeah, but you may be eating a lot of tofu food 10 yeah. years from now. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's pretty crazy, but again, I'll say it and I've said it a million times, whoever controls the water is going to control everything. Yep. We are going to take another break and Will and I will be back. Wrap up the show right here on Barbecue Nation. Please stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. Don't forget the meetup in Memphis from the guys at Amazing Ribs. Um, it's postponed this year. It's going to be next spring. You can check out AmazingRibs.com online. Uh, if you already paid for the trip, they'll issue you a refund or you can apply it to next year. So really flexible there. But go to Amazing Ribs and check that out. It's going to be a fun time. I might even show up next year for that one. That sounds like fun. It's like three days in Memphis. Lots of barbecue stuff and then a couple nights on the town. Wow. You know, I don't know if it's, they're going to use wheelbarrows to get us home at the end of the <laughs> night or whatever, <laughs> but they might. So here's the question. This is a barbecue show. So we've talked about the analytics of the cattle business and stuff, which I always like to talk about. What does Will Homer like to throw on the grill at home? Oh, you have access to, to a lot of stuff that even consumers don't have. Well, yeah, I in just, a way. I know some, you know, but I don't, we, we actually are the last guy on the list, of course, because you got to sell it, right? I got to have my money back. Right. But we do have some culotte steaks that are awful nice. You know, I've had some made just as steaks, so I can put those on the grill. Gosh, those eat good. I see you slobbering a little. Uh-huh. And then, um. I didn't put my teeth in. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know. And then from there, it's just kind of whatever's left over. Every time I buy, every time I burn a. Uh, tri-tip I feel guilty because I know everybody and their mother has learned about a tri-tip and they all want one and I and they're kind of hard to come by sometimes and so I feel guilty that I'm eating it and I'm not selling it to somebody you don't feel Uh, that guilty oh you know maybe two seconds of remorse I don't know until I eat it I'll eat it then it I cooked some, I burned some briskets the other day and that was, that was okay. It was, there were some flats and so they were a little different, but yeah, it was all right. It, you know, I get by, I just, I got two barbecues, you know, so I got lots of choices. 
One of the things that I've been cooking a lot of, thanks to you. Well, first of all, I'm going to take credit. I've been preaching the tri-tip thing on television for almost 20 years. And you and I have been working together for 15 of those 20 years yeah. almost. Yeah. Are you going to take credit when the, the generic price this, this no, I'm not gonna take quarter care. went to $9? It's usually a $4.5 item, and now it's $9. I'm not going to take credit for that. I'm just going to take credit for introducing <laughs> the tri-tip to some people. That's that's it. No, I stay out of the pricing. Uh, oh, my god! But now the the, the Terrace Majors. Yeah. Now, well, I have to tell you, we have to change the name and you have to help me fix, help me change the name because okay. we use the term Terrace Major at the plant level and the production level. And it's, and I'm as guilty as anybody. We need to start calling them shoulder tenders or petite tenders that, that and that is the real, uh, the, the sexy side, I guess, of that name <laughs> because Terrace Major sounds complicated. And there, well, I uh, do find myself when I say something about them yeah. and they're like, yeah, they look at me and I say, so you have to explain it. Yeah, everybody wrinkles a little and then you say, well, it's like a tenderloin. It's a little bitty thing. It's round. You'll see, you know, if you ever had a medallion steak on noodles or on something, yeah. you probably had that. Or like a steak major, that shoulder tender. There yeah, I go, shoulder, right? Shoulder tender. <laughs> I, what, what, let's call them a petite tender. A petite tender. I think that's better because they're not that big. Yeah, they're just like a tenderloin, but they're yeah. smaller. They're, and they, But they taste like a chuck. They have that chuck taste to them. Yeah. So, they're yeah. really good. Oh, they're delicious. They're really good. I mean, <clears throat> okay, I'm taking them back home then. They're too no, you're not. You. You're, we're going right down to the truck when this show's over, and I'm going to get them. Um, yeah, they, I mean, incredible. They're, there's the, so they are. Favorable. So what happens in my world a lot is that, you know, seasonality, everything gets seasonal. So right now they're pretty popular. I got lots yeah. of people asking. But in the December, Christmas time, I'll, I'll, everybody only just wants a Christmas rib. So you get all these pieces, and so you got to do things with them. So yeah. every once in a while, I have something laying around that I give to friends. Yeah, you know, make a, make a trek over here. That's why I invite you over for the <laughs> December show, you know. Bring my friendship rings. Bring my friendship rings. Yeah, do that. <laughs> and then if you don't show up, I got my mood ring. Ah, there you go. There so you go. it does that. What about, you know those little steaks you sent me? That was the culotte, I think. Yeah, that was the culotte. Those were phenomenal. I know. Yeah, wasn't that something? You know, I gave a couple to a friend, yeah. Fry, who used to own a restaurant, uh -huh. stuff, by the way. So he knows he yep. knows what he's doing. And he called me the next day, and he goes, I don't even know where those came from. He goes, but damn, those were good. <laughs> he goes, anytime you got some extras, send them my way. So I get that a lot. You know, I bet you do. I get that a lot. But they're really do. good. And I cooked them for my wife. Yes. And because... The other night she said, you know what sounds really good? A great, big, thick, juicy steak. And I said, I don't have any. Yeah. I don't have any. You know, I've got some tri-tips and yeah. other things, miscellaneous things. Yep. I said, but we kind of used them all on a photo shoot and some other stuff. And, and we've eaten them, you know, yep. down the road. And I said, but I do have those, those little squares, those little from the culotte, you know. And I didn't really know what to call them for yeah. her, you know. Yeah. And so... Um, I cooked a couple of them and she was like, man, this is really good. Yep. They're the cap off the sirloin. Yeah. So in an old style butcher, not, not a butcher shop, but an old style grocer, they probably, they might ruin that. They might cross cut a whole top sirloin and that would be the piece at the top of the top sirloin that's cut the wrong way. But most butchers are getting really good about sorting that off at least. And <clears throat> if you have a top sirloin ad somewhere and you see a, 
funny looking flat piece in a bat package and you say, man they mispacked this one no they didn't you just grab that take that devil because that's the yeah, coolest. that's the good one yeah that's the good one you know it's funny because 30 years ago a lot of the stuff <clears throat> tri-tips they used to grind them up you know they did yeah. and then they started stripping them for steaks and then somebody got smart and started packaging the whole thing I yeah. mean, you guys did at the production level in Santa Marina, California, yeah, right? Is right. that right? Yeah. So I, I just happened to go over one of our members, uh, has roots in California and I can't even tell you where that is honestly, but he was a rodeo guy and he said he was at a rodeo one time where they could, they went over to have dinner after it was all over with, you know, dirt all over them and everything. And they ran into the tri-tip for the first time. That was the, that was where it started right there. Right. So we went to eat with them and they burned these tri-tips on this grill. It was good. It was great. But they ate them with salsa. They that they developed yep. them eating with salsa down there. So yep. that was a new experience for me. You know, yeah. I'm I'm used to rubbing them down with seasoning and stuff on the outside. Yeah, no, they can do that. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, it's great. It's it's all good. But man, they uh, they're not wasting stuff they used to just grind or stuff. Some of them they just went out with the trim. They're keeping everything right that they can. Well, nothing wastes, Jeff. You get a hundred percent of everything comes out of that. You get everything but the moo out of that out of a big plant in right. the United States. Right. A little plant, you throw the tripe away and you throw the guts away and you throw the hide. You might throw the hide away even though it's worth money, but you're just too far from the market. But uh, but in a big plant, nothing's wasted. But but you're right. They used to cut them. They used to be, remember the old O-bone roast and mm -hmm. some of those big old roasts they had? You know, those pieces were just melded in there. They had no idea how to how to market those out of that. And now they sort all those pieces out at the plant level that's why you don't get the old O-bone roast yep, at a yep. butcher unless you've cut a custom cow and you're having it cut for you. But, um, that, yeah, they sort all that stuff at the plant. Well, nothing shows up on the hanging anymore. Right. It's all boxed. Yeah. We got to get out of here. Will Homer, thanks. He's going to stick around for after hours. We got Max Good coming up the next hour from Amazing Ribs to talk about Father's Day supplies <laughs> and grills, among other things. So, uh, everybody, have a good weekend. We'll be back next week. And remember this, turn it, don't burn it. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.